This Rise and Shine podcast series has been made possible by the generosity of the Zeitelman Family Foundation, which is committed to the unity and continuity of the Jewish people through meaningful and relevant Jewish education and wisdom. You are faithful to the holy path, even when you can't see where it's leading. Because what matters is not so much where you stand but with what force you are moving and in which direction. This is Rise and Shine, a podcast that offers timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations to fill your heart, feed your soul, and start your day on a positive note. Here is Adrian Gold Davis. When my friend finally gathered the courage to tell her son that she and his father had decided to end their marriage, She dreaded the reaction. She'd spent so much time at therapists' office and with social workers trying to lay out a plan of action that would do the least amount of damage and create the least amount of stress for him. She worked hard on herself. She learned to control her simmering anger, her deep disappointment, her dashed dreams. She committed to being a mother who would never, under any circumstances, speak ill of her son's father. She was determined to end her marriage from a place of strength and compassion. But she'd been profoundly unhappy for many years. But she was no quitter, and she was determined to turn over every rock and first try to repair and rebuild. But her marriage was slowly killing her from the inside. She knew that she had to save her own life and get out of that marriage at the cost of her own security and her son's lifestyle. She did the work. She did what we sometimes call the mitzvah of pikuach nefesh, saving a life. And although it's said that when a Jewish couple divorces, it's as though the mizbeach, the altar in the holy temple, weeps, It's clear that sometimes divorce is a mitzvah. When she told her son about the decision, he was too young to truly understand. He kind of looked at her blankly and said two things. One, so daddy's not going to sleep in here anymore when he's in town? And two, can I have a tuna sandwich? (laughs) The reactions were not dramatic in the slightest. Not at that time, anyhow. And so life went on without a backwards glance, or so she thought. Fast forward to when her son became a preteen, and imagine one of the common arguments that mothers and children have. This one happened to be about time spent on screens, specifically video games, and their argument ended with doors slamming and raised voices. Then, an hour later, Her son emerged from his room, carrying a knapsack and a big tote bag. He said, I'm moving in with Dad. He's coming to get me in five minutes, and you can't stop me. And then her son walked out the front door without a backwards glance. For the next month, my friend said that she felt like her limb had been amputated. She'd suffered that phantom pain of that leg day 
and night. The heartache was beyond anything she had ever imagined. And all the therapy and social work in the world did not ebb that pain one iota. For the next few years, she suffered a new kind of fresh hell. Her son visited once a week and every other weekend, but the new normal only created new problems. And while her ex-husband would not intervene to bring a then 12-year-old child back to his mother's house or even help foster a better relationship with her, she continued to not utter an unkind word about her ex. In short, my friend is practically inhuman in her self-discipline. She said to me, I knew when I left my marriage that this was a possibility in the teen years, but I never imagined how painfully betrayed I would feel by my child. She felt as though she was doing the right thing, but that somehow God had abandoned her, that she was somehow being punished, that she was being singled out for suffering. She asked me if this was in fact what was happening. I told her, no, God does not operate in that manner, but that life is often painful and sometimes feels unbearable, but that all she could do was to stay faithful to her principles and operating system and continue to reach out and try and open the lines of communication and keep them open. I suggested she start writing a good night note to her son every single night and email it, and even if he didn't open it, the gesture would be noticed. I suggested that she begin to journal the things that she wished she could share with him every day. The small and seemingly mundane things like eating a proper breakfast and about personal hygiene and about how to deal with the changes in his body during puberty. To ask questions about his day-to-day experiences and activities. To record it all, every thought and every concern, every praise he wouldn't hear, every piece of wisdom that occurred to her around world affairs, both current and past all of it. Over the years that her son lived with his father, my friend filled many, many notebooks. In almost three years to the day that her son had walked out of his mother's front door, back in the child came. Same knapsack, same tote bag. Mom, I want to come back home to live with you again, he said. She smiled and said, I'm so glad you're back. That night, My friend took those stacks of notebooks and left them at the door of her son's room with a note that said, If you ever wondered if I missed you or thought of you while you were living with your father, I thought you could look through these journals. Every day I wrote to you, and you should see that you were always at the top of my mind. Years have passed since that painful time, and my friend continues to move through life with the grace and dignity she's always modeled. I don't think her son even remembers that period of his life anymore. He has a healthy relationship with both of his parents and is engaged to be married to a wonderful young woman. So what's my point? My friend never anticipated that she would lose her child for the period that she did, just as she never anticipated the end of her marriage. And in those painful years, she never stopped being loyal to the type of human being she wanted to be, to who she would be 
in the face of whatever happened to her. We call that the Jewish value of emuna. Emunah, faithfulness, teaches us a powerful message in the very letters of its word. The word for truth in Hebrew is emet. Emet contains the first, middle, and final letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Aleph, Mem, Taf. You see where he started. You see the midpoint, and you see the ending. It's all clear in a straight line. Now compare and contrast this to the word emuna. Emuna has the same aleph, which means you know where you've been, where you started. It has the same mem, you know where you are right now. And then just one letter further, the nun. In other words, while you know what happened and you know where you're standing, you only see a tiny piece of what is to come. You don't know the outcome, and yet you remain faithful to what Judaism teaches us and how it defines decent and dignified human behavior. You are faithful to your self-concept, even when the outcome is unclear. You are faithful to the holy path, even when you can't see where it's leading. Rabbi Svi Freeman writes, One who returns from the darkness must bring of it with him and convert it to light, transforming an experience that previously dragged him down and further down into fuel to surge higher and yet higher. Therefore, the one who returns from a distance is greater than the one who is always close, because what matters is not so much where you stand but with what force you are moving and in which direction. This week, can you look objectively at experiences that you never expected and the results that you never saw coming? Can you face them squarely while further committing to a way of being in the world? And that direction will be always pointing towards greatness and holiness. Can you ask yourself honestly whether your behavior reflects the messages and lessons you wish to impart? Are you speaking the words of your heart while you can? Is there an estrangement in your life that makes you feel centered out for pain? Can you then put in a plan to reclaim your dignity and faithfulness and know that as Rabbi Freeman says, what matters is not so much where you stand, but with what force you're moving and in which direction. When it comes to divorce, all the right moves will not guarantee the outcome, but you can do it all by the book and end up with a heartache that threatens to undo you. But if you don't try and get it right in your example and in your behavior, then there are many, many more victims along the way. This week, this day, this very moment is another fresh opportunity for long-term thinking that helps mitigate short-term suffering. May we all have the strength to be faithful to our aspirations, to be our best selves. May we find comfort in the way that we walk the path, even 
without knowing for certain where it is leading. Thanks for listening to Rise and Shine. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join Adrian again next time for more timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations that fill your heart, feed your soul, and start your day on a positive note. This podcast was sponsored by the Zeitelman Family Foundation. Spread the wisdom. Inspire Jewish individuals around the globe by supporting Momentum's podcasts. To sponsor, contact podcast at MomentumUnlimited.org. You're listening to a Momentum podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.